Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast, of course, part of the SB Nation team brands. I'm Jay Kokorowski, and we're going to get right into it, folks. It's the end of National Signing Day 2019. We're recording on February 6th, uh, the National Signing Day for 2019, and I'm joined by Owen Reese, but we'll also talk with uh, today, and he's joining us right now from RivalsBadgerBlitz.com. Good friend of the show, good friend in general, John McNamara. We actually went to high school together, even though I don't think we even knew it uh, back in Franklin back in the day. But, uh, John, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I mean, you know, kicking this off to Wisconsin, I looked at the final rankings just a couple of minutes ago, or at least what's updated as of 7.03 p.m. Central Standard Time on Wednesday. Wisconsin ends with, you know, 27th ranked class right now uh, for 2019. And, you know, six of the 19 players are, are four star. Uh, and then you have Graham Mertz and Logan Brown. Mertz is already here as a mid year enrollee here in Madison uh, and both have that 6.0 rating. And then you also have, you know, four other players as, as three, you know, high three star recruits with a 5.7 rating that you guys have given uh, them. I mean, where does this class stack up in general for you? Right, you know, right now with just in, in precedent and, and since the history of rivals. Yeah, I thought that they were going to crack into the top 25. Um, I think in December they were right at 25. Um, yesterday they're at 26. And like you said, right now they're at 27. Um, you know, obviously that doesn't matter a whole lot. But, um, you know, going back to 2002, this would be the highest class, highest ranked class that Wisconsin has signed. But you know, it'll take a year or two or three or four to, to really see what this class uh, looks like and, you know, what they're able to do at Wisconsin. But, uh, you know, there's there's certainly a lot to like. And, you know, much of that starts with the Graham Mertz, uh, the quarterback who's enrolled early. He's on campus right now and who a lot of people want to see compete for the starting job, which, um, you know, I would expect it to be an open competition this spring with, you know, just about, it, you know, all the quarterbacks on that campus right now having a chance to to compete for the starting job. And, uh, you know, that'll go into the summer and in the fall. Um, but, you know, a, a few other guys like Logan Brown, uh, I think you got to be really excited about him. And, you know, with the transition on the offensive line and, uh, you know, guys maybe leaving uh, early. And I think there's a chance for him to crack the two deep as a true freshman, which uh, doesn't happen too often. Uh, Hayden Rucci comes in as a four-star guy to position a need at tight end. Uh, and then Spencer Lytle, too, another guy who's on campus right now a four-star kid who Wisconsin went into St. John Bosco, which a uh, big-time powerhouse in California to get his commitment. Uh, and he picked Wisconsin over Clemson, which is which is awfully impressive um, to, to go in there. Uh, I would say, you know, at a neutral school, school in California, and beat out a school like Clemson who just won the national title uh, is impressive. And I think there's early playing time to be had at outside linebacker. You know, maybe he's a guy that cracks it too deep as well. Um, because of the program that he comes from and because he's enrolled early. So, um, you know, top to bottom, there's a lot to like. But, it, it, you know, it, this is one of the – I don't want to say one of the few classes, but, you know, this is one of the classes where it, it's kind of top-heavy, where you can talk about a lot of the top prospects that they've signed and, um, you know, they, they beat out a lot of national programs for them. And then with that, too, I mean, and let's, you know, about today, too, uh, with Wisconsin and just uh, obviously a quiet day. But you're also looking at 
you know, two walk on one walk on for sure. That was an officially announced with sun Prairie, uh, sun prairies, Cooper Nelson, the son of former Wisconsin Rose bowl winning safety, Scott Nelson. And then, uh, you know, just a little bit ago, Dante Caputo cousin of Mike Caputo, the former safety uh, safety himself, you know, announced his intention to play for Wisconsin. And uh, you know, from what you reported, it's a, it's a walk on offer. And I mean, so it's been pretty quiet, but is there, is there, you know, any reason for it being so quiet for, you know, with, I mean, this class is really basically similar to last year's where the, you know, and in years past where, yeah, or let's just say last year's cause they implemented the early signing period then, but 2018 where, you know, you had Rashad wild goose sign late, but that he was the only signee on the actual national signing day. Is there, is there reasons why it's so quiet? Well, I think Wisconsin, you know, like they did last year, uh, did, did an excellent job of getting the guys uh, signed who they wanted to get signed and who they had commitments from in December. And, you know, that was a big question going into last year because a few guys said, you know, in the weeks leading up that, you know, I may not sign in December and, you know, I might wait till February. And Wisconsin essentially said, look, if if you don't sign in December, we're going to move forward and we're going to continue to recruit over you. So um, it wasn't an issue last year and it wasn't an issue this year. And um, I think that's the way Paul Chris wants it to go, where a lot of that is cleaned up in December. And then you carry maybe a scholarship or two, uh, you know, into January and into obviously, you know, the early part of February, where if you did want to add a guy after you kind of re- re-examine your recruiting board, you're able to do so. Um, you know, like you mentioned, Jake, they did that last year with Rashad Wild Goose. Um, you know, I, I know I was told that they had a, at least one scholarship available um, in January and then, you know, right now. And, I, you know, they elected not to use that on a guy in the 2019 class. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Does it go to a walk on or, you know, do they look at, uh, you know, someone who's a grad transfer? Or they look at a junior college kid who, who pops up late. So um, they'll they'll take some flexibility with them into the spring and, and into the summer. And, you know, they'll be able to add someone um, if they choose to do so or, you know, they can allocate that scholarship or two or three, whatever it may be, because of the attrition on the roster, and uh, give it to someone who's either on the current roster, you know, seek out some guys that that uh, their names have yet to surface yet. I guess the biggest thing we're talking here um, about things being quiet, and I think that's that's probably the way that Paul Chris likes it. Um, but one thing I think that, and you mentioned the grad transfer, I'm curious what you think about the uh, the defensive line class. I think that's something where last year that was a very um, I know I've talked about it a bit, but they were basically starting an offensive lineman and a walk-on at defensive end. Um, and they've obviously got the three kids coming in in this class and Rodas Johnson, Gio Piaz, and, and Keanu Benton. Um, kind of moving forward to some some early impact guys, do you think that any of those guys could could really sneak their way um, into the two-deep in a position that was so hurt by injury last year? Yeah, I think one of them will. Um, it just It'll be whoever can, I think, come out and – and be that number two nose guard uh, behind Bryson Williams. Uh, you know, Keanu Benton has a chance. Otis Johnson has a chance. I know they, they like Gio Pius is a guy that, you know, can play probably probably inside and outside. You know, he's kind of penciled in right now as a defensive end. and But he's also a guy that can bump around a little bit. I think he's similar to Connor Sheehy where, you know, he might be best at, at, at defensive end, but he can bump inside if you need him to. Um, I thought defensive line, Owen, was their biggest position of need in this 2019 class. Uh, they did a nice job of addressing it uh, with the guys that we mentioned there. Um, but I, it, it could be a position where they look and say, hey, we, 
we need some more immediate help there as well. You know, that if they were to go the junior college route or if they were to look at a graduate transfer, I, I think defensive line is probably the position you look at right away. Um, you know, Bryce Williams got a ton of experience this year, but, you know, if, if you go into, you know, you will go into spring camp, which is Bryson Williams and uh, Gunnar Robridge there as a walk-on. I, I don't know how great you feel about that. Um, so if, if you're able to add someone there that makes sense and is the right fit, um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Wisconsin pull the trigger just to add some more depth. You know, like you talked about, you know, Caden Lyles is an offensive lineman and Matt Henningsen played there last year. Lyles is moving back to offensive line and, you know, Henningsen's someone that, uh, you know, is going to definitely be in that two deep, but, you know, you want more bodies there and you need more help. And it was pretty evident uh, in, in this season that, you know, injuries and graduation and, and the circumstances that they had, it just wasn't a position that was a, posi- a position of strength for them. And, you know, uh, they, they need to correct some things with that moving forward. And I think they did a good job with that in the 2019 class. I think there's still work that could be done if something does pop up. For sure. It was certainly telling for me that uh, Matt Henningsen already worked his way up the depth chart in front of some of the older guys like Craig Howe and David Pfaff, who you'd think um, might have been maybe waiting their turn uh, behind those three long tenured defensive linemen they lost in 2018. Um, and then was, were, were essentially jumped by a walk on. So um, curious to see how they, they move forward that way, as well as with some of the kids they've got in 2020 early as well. Yeah. And, you know, like, like you said, I, it, when when you're a program like Wisconsin, you know you you always are relying on that next wave of guys. Um, you know you've you know developmental programs were thrown out there a lot, and you know, I I can buy into that a little bit. But you know when when you graduate guys like they did at the position, um, you know I guess prior to last year, you know David Pfaff and and Craig Howard, the next wave of guys, and you know when those two guys aren't ready, then you have a position like you had last year. Absolutely. Yeah. And you also had the like, Keldrick Preston leave the program. And I know Anoki Brechterfield had told me last spring he was hoping to get him up to 265, 270, and he was always around 250. So try to fit him in that type of, of you know weight at that position. I just didn't work out and he left the program too. But, you know, I, I guess before we go to the four mid year enrollees, uh, and we mentioned this before, John, you know, anything that stands out to you with uh, when it comes to uh, you had. Now it looks like eight walk-ons for this class that we know of with, with Nelson and Caputo thoughts on, on Cooper Nelson, the Sun Prairie product, uh, an all state player. And then, you know, Caputo obviously both have ties to Wisconsin, but uh, what anything stands out to you uh, about those two walk-ons? Uh, well, Nelson's size does, you know, six, four, 185 pounds or so. And he'll play wide receiver. Uh, does he grow into a tight end? Um, you know, he's a good athlete. He's a three-sport athlete at some prairie. And, you know, if you look at the guys that they've recruited, um, you know, particularly in this 2020 class when, you know, Shimmery DK and Cole Dakovich, you know, Paul Chris watched them play basketball and that kind of produced some offers. And, you know, I think, you, you know, we've known it, you know, in the past, but I think they, you know, that staff truly values, uh, you know, guys who are multi-sport athletes and, you know, Cooper Nelson, we'll see. I think he's got a shot because of his size, and he's a playmaker. And I think the biggest thing will be to see how his body develops. You know, maybe he's a he's a receiver, uh, which would be nice because that receiver group could use a little bit of size. But you know, maybe he grows into an H back as well. And then uh, Caputo, I you know I had a chance to talk to him tonight, and like you mentioned, uh, he's the he's the cousin of Mike Caputo, and that's the, that's the position he'll play at Wisconsin. He told me if you if you look at his senior tape, he plays a lot of outside linebacker, but. 
Uh, he'll play strong safety at Wisconsin. And, uh, you know, I, I think with a, you know, a guy like Caputo, if he plays like his cousin, I think he'll have a shot. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he develops, but, you know, he's probably not a guy that you'll hear from in two or three years. Uh, cause that, you know, that safety position is a young position with some talent and, um, they, they returning everyone but Dakota Dixon. So, um, it'll be interesting to see what that group looks like. And maybe Caputo's a guy you see, you know, two, three, four years down the road if he's still with the program. Right. John, I have a question for you uh, as we kind of transfer in here. Um, going from walk-ons to the early enrollees, I'm going to combine these two in one. <clears throat> Excuse me, Cameron Phillips is a kid, uh, a bit of an interesting story as a walk-on. When he initially committed, um, I got a message from a buddy that works at Arizona State and said, I know this isn't an offer. Um, it has to be a walk-on, and that's what it ended up being. He's a high-profile guy as a walk-on. Uh, can you kind of talk about, is there anyone that, that Badger fans could maybe – compare this guy to from in the past or is this a bit of a new uh a new thing that was just kind of a product of his his injury at at IMG in the spring yeah you know he was a guy that we wrote a lot about you know when you you know right I guess you know right around this time last year when you're you're you know just wrapped up you know the class that you were focused on the senior class and you're looking towards next year uh Cameron Phillips was a top target for them uh pretty early in that 2019 class they got him on campus at least twice uh, obviously, they they offered him a scholarship at the time, and uh, you know when he was initially ranked, he was a four star kid, um, you know, in Ohio. And then uh, you know after that summer, he transferred to IMG Academy, and uh, I don't want to say Wisconsin lost touch there, but I think his recruitment kind of went in a different direction. And then he ended up getting hurt and didn't play at all at IMG. And you know when he resurfaced, um, I. <laughs> I, you know, and I guess in the minutes kind of leading up to that, I, I saw some some stuff going on in social media. I was wondering, like, hey, are they going to get this guy on campus? And then a couple minutes later, he ends up committing. Um, I sent a text. I said, "What? You know, that's that's a big get. Um, you know, is he number? And I, I think it was like number twenty. And I found out that he was a walk on. And you know, for to get a guy of his caliber as a walk on is awfully impressive. You know, he, he's got to be the highest rated walk on that Wisconsin has got. Um, you know, maybe you could speak to some of the stuff you heard from Arizona State, but I'm, I'm assuming his recruitment and talking to him a little bit, I mean, things just kind of fell apart for him with the injury. You know, teams obviously wanted to see if he was healthy. Uh, Wisconsin, you know, it's, it's, it's a very low-risk position that they're in to bring a guy as a walk-on um, with a, probably a little bit of a chip on his shoulder because he was a national recruit um, who probably thought his recruitment was going to go to the next level at IMG Academy. Uh, that didn't happen because of an injury. Now he's on campus already. You know, I don't know if he's 100% healthy, but I was uh, imagine that he's full go for spring ball. And, um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me that if he's healthy and if he's ready to go, that uh, he can make some noise early at Wisconsin. You're a John McNamara, part of the Rivals Network, BadgerBlitz.com publisher and, and reporter. And, and, John, your stuff's always great. Uh, and my, my question, you know, with, with the mid-year enrollees, you have, you know, Cam Phelps, he's there. You have Leo Chanel. Uh, Graham Mertz, of course, Spencer Lytle. Uh, two quick questions. Which one, in your opinion, and now, and we always know things can happen, you know, and we're not going to, you know, obviously f- go real crystal ballish into the future, but just which one do you think out of those four could make an early, the earliest impact? And is Mertz the one that, that could make the biggest impact, either I would say positively or negatively? Positively, obviously, if he grows in and develops and becomes that quarterback that all the Wisconsin fans have been wanting since a Russell Wilson type player, or if he doesn't, does that, you know, could that hurt the off? Obviously, 
you know, be a big impact negatively where he doesn't grow into that role and, and whatnot in the offense could take a hit as well. Um, you know, with, with Mertz, you know, I, you know, I, I've, I've said it a lot of time and obviously it's, it's the most popular question in this class and it should be, I mean, fans should be excited about Graham Mertz. Um, you know, he was recruited by, by every top program in the country. Um, you, you saw what he could do, you know, albeit it was an all-star game, but you saw what he could do against the top talent in the country. And, uh, you know, with a guy who's enrolling early, I think, I think he has a shot to compete. You know, you know, beyond that, we don't know because we haven't seen what he looks like against college competition. Um, but, you know, Wisconsin has never had a player like this uh, arrive on campus in terms of, you know, how highly he was ranked and the offers that he had and stuff like that. So um, I think it's exciting. I think it's certainly something that everyone's going to be watching this spring. Um, but, you know, can he go beyond competing? I don't know. Again, I think you have to see what he's able to do against college competition. Um, I think this spring is going to be a blur for him, you know, especially at that quarterback position where you're trying to digest such a such a massive playbook. But I think, you know, with a guy like Mertz, things are going to slow down this summer. And then I think we'll get a really good read on him this fall. Um, and, you know, you know what that quarterback room looks like. I think there's there's a lot of question marks there. You know, what's the status of Alex Hornerbrook? Um, obviously, we know that he's he's taking part in winter conditioning drills. There's just a lot of question marks there, and I, you know I don't know how many answers we'll have in the spring, but um, you know fans should be excited about Graham Mertz, and and uh, they should definitely be tracking his his every step because I think that's exciting. I think that's that's what uh, being a fan is all about. Now, if you're looking at that group of early enrollees, a guy who's going to potentially play early, I, I think you look at Leo Chanel, um, and just you know a guy who's just walking off the bus. He looks like he's ready to play. Um, and he looks like his brother did, you know, his brother, yeah. you know, those two are guys that where you say, Hey, look, you know, it, a, a year in the strength and conditioning program. Yeah. It, it's going to benefit anyone, but these guys aren't going to transform their bodies. You know, John Chanel played last year as a walk on on special teams because he was ready physically. Uh, Leo Chanel, I think is a guy who could potentially, because he's here this spring, find himself in the two deep at middle linebacker and be a guy who contributes on special teams right away as a true freshman. I think that if if he kind of progresses the way the coaching staff sees him progressing and with him being on campus this spring, I, I, I think that he'll play as a true freshman on special teams at the very least. Yeah, John, I was going to ask you as well about Spencer Lytle. He's a four-star uh, recruit. And like you said, coming from that national power um, high school program in St. John Bosco, outside linebacker is a position that I think we could all probably pretty safely say lacks uh, many dynamic playmakers. Um, where's somewhere that Spencer Lytle could find his way on the field? Uh, would it be in coverage packages? Um, or do you think that he truly has the opportunity to make the two deep and, and push for playing time um, in a lot of their base stuff? Right. I think it's a good question. You know, I think, you know, if you're looking at him right now, you wonder, you know, how much more weight would he need to add to be in that, you know, traditional two deep uh, or would he, you know, be a specialist guy who can, you know, maybe be on there down there in third downs, get into the quarterback, stuff like that. But, uh, you know, you mentioned the program that he comes from, like St. John Bosco. At the, you know, at one point in the season, they were the number one ranked team in the country. And, um, you know, I, I love the the football in the state of Wisconsin. I think, you know, the the coaching is great, but, you know, in the state of Wisconsin, your your defensive coordinator is probably, you know, teaching statistics or science during the day. You know, when when your defensive coordinator is at St. John Bosco, he's he's the defensive coordinator. That's what he does during the day. So, you know, you're getting as close to you can get to, you know, college level coaching at the high school level. Um, obviously, 
in practice, he's going up against, you know, 20 plus division one guys, whether they're, you know, from freshman to senior, you know, that's, that's a loaded program that just produces division one talent. You know, they, they play division one talent each and every week. So with him enrolling early and, and with, you know, with the availability there for early playing time at the position, uh, he's another guy I think could be sniffing around that too deep. And, you know, if, if he's ready, you know, those guys, they, you know, those high profile guys, you know, they want to play as true freshmen, you know, even if it is in, in small packages or, or on special teams, you know, they enroll early and they go to places like Wisconsin or wherever they choose because they see an opportunity to play early. Um, I think if he's healthy, if he can digest the playbook and his body is where Wisconsin needs it to be, that he'll play right away as a true freshman as well, you know, kind of at, at a minimum special teams. And, you know, as a guy, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he was found himself in the two deep at outside linebacker. We're here with John McNamara from BadgerBlitz.com here on Bucky's Fifth Podcast. Owen Reese alongside me, Jake Okorowski. And looking ahead, you know, I uh, guess got a, few, a couple more topics for you. Really, John, before we let you go, before Wisconsin and Minnesota tip off at the barn, we're recording this just for about, what, 37 minutes away from right around tip off for that game. But, you know, for football with this 2020 class looking ahead, Already six commits, five are in state. You have a couple of four-star linemen, you know, or you have you have one four-star lineman in Trey Wedig. You have Jack Nelson, who's up there as well. When it comes to that, and uh, Jack, I believe, is a, a three-star by Rivals. And when it comes to just how uh, this class has come together quickly for you, it's a little different for composition than what was last year's group that already had like a quarterback or whatnot. Uh, but what stands out about this next recruiting cycle already for you? And who should fans keep an eye out for for potential 2020 targets coming up? Yeah, you know, the first thing that stands out to me is how strong the in-state class is in this 2020 class. Uh, like you mentioned, uh, you know, five of the six are from inside the state. You know, Cole Dakovich, Shimri DK, uh, Trey Wedig, Jack Nelson, and Ben Barton. So that's that's five in-state guys already, and there's there's a number of other guys who are kind of on that doorstep, um, you know, at, at various positions where Wisconsin feels really good about them, and um, you know they might have to wait until summer to to earn their offer at camp. So you know, just just in total, this this 2020 in-state class is really strong. Wisconsin's not going to be able to sign all of them, so uh, you know, a lot of other schools are going to be able to come in. And sign Division One guys from inside the state. I think this could be, you know, probably the strongest in-state class that could come about since since I've wow. been doing this. I just, you know, I, I think it's a really, really good group, top to bottom. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, what that number grows to. You know, will they sign, you know, seven or eight in-state kids, nine in-state kids? Uh, I, I think there's the potential for that to happen. So, you know, the first thing that stands out are, are the in-state kids, and then. You know, you talk about guys to to certainly keep an eye on uh, moving forward, and you know, I think it starts with quarterback because obviously that's that's a high profile position. But quarterbacks usually make their decision a little bit earlier in the process. Um, Tyler Van Dyke is certainly someone to keep an eye on. Uh, he visited this winter. Um, he also camped at Wisconsin in the summer, so he's been on campus twice. Really good relationship with John Budmeyer. Um, a winnable offer list right now. And, you know, I've talked to him a few times, the most recent time after his most recent visit. And, uh, he, he really didn't talk about, uh, you know, having a set list of this is my top three. But he, he kept telling me that Wisconsin was kind of in his top group. So 
Um, he's a guy I, I think Wisconsin's in a great uh, position to land right now. And uh, when he's ready to make his decision, which I think could be this spring, I think Wisconsin's the team to beat right now moving forward in his recruitment. And um, another guy to definitely keep an eye on is, is Reggie Love, a four-star running back from Missouri. He was supposed to attend one of Wisconsin's junior days, uh, but he wasn't able to due to the weather. He has the Badgers in his top seven. He was on campus in the summer as well. Um, so he's certainly a guy that could – that to, to definitely keep an eye on in, in a class where I can see Wisconsin taking two scholarship uh, two scholarship tailbacks in this 2020 class. Love as well, coming from one of those big-time powers out of the St. Louis area. Um, you know, they've produced multiple uh, high-profile recruits this year. Um, so and, uh, we've looked forward here a bit. Let's take a look back. So um, we're coming up, and this is the four – the excuse me, <clears throat> 2015 was Paul Christ's first full recruiting class. Um, and as we're getting through here – this is the fifth year. A lot of these guys, obviously Wisconsin, redshirts, a lot of guys. We're getting through here to this fifth year. Um, and pretty one of the staggering things that as we were looking back on this, uh, almost half of the initial class is no longer with the program. Um, and I guess looking back, what were your uh, impressions of the class at the time? And I guess is this something that, um, you know, the longer Paul Christ remains at Wisconsin, do you think that's something that uh, could could trend maybe in the opposite direction? They had a lot of high pro, high profile guys. Um, Kyle Penniston was uh, a big time recruit out of uh, California, obviously at modern day. Arrington Farrar, Kevin Estes, Andrew James, Nick Thomas, Jake Whalen, Titus Booker, uh, and Austin Kafensis are all gone. Um, and then David Edwards just declared early for the draft as well. So um, just kind of putting the names to those numbers is that something that that you foresee? Uh, maybe happening more in the future. Is that something that was more of a result of um, Paul Christ's first recruiting class, as well as as some some injury attrition, along with David Edwards going to the NFL? Yeah, I, I don't look at that class and say you know that's going to be the norm. I think there's uh, you know a lot of things at play there, and um, you know when you inherit a group from a from a prior coaching staff that recruited those guys for a number of years, um, you have to make some decisions where you know. Are we going to keep some of these guys? So, you know, you're you're gambling on a lot of them because, you know, if you're looking right now, Wisconsin's starting to hand out offers for the 2021 and 2022 classes, and they just got a commitment in the 2022 class. So essentially, you know, Paul Chris, I think, said this during bull prep where, you know, you're essentially recruiting three classes at the same time. So, um, you know, when when you miss out on two of those, I think you could have a situation like you did with that class that that you mentioned with, you know, guys transferring out and guys fizzling out and guys, you know, being, uh, you know, not able to continue their careers due to injury. So, um, I, you know, I think it's it's not something that we'll see. Um, I think it's just kind of a unique situation where, you know, if you look at that class, there's 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 definitely a lot of things where you're like, wow, I can't believe how many guys have have not made it, you know, the full length of their career. Um, so, you know, I guess to answer your question, I think that's going to be an isolated incident. I don't think it's anything that you'll see moving forward. Yeah, and with that too, I guess even just real quick on Penniston, were you surprised that his name wound up in the transfer portal, or you know that he's that he's leaving the program? Was I know Jake Ferguson emerged as as the pass catching tight end. Uh, I I know that it, you know that he could still potentially you know potentially come back, even though a UW official you know confirmed with us that you know he's left the program, but. It, I guess are you surprised just because with that tight end depth, you know, if Ferguson goes down, I mean, he could have been thrusted back into that role. It only takes one play, one rep uh, to change things drastically. Were you surprised that he left? 
Well, not I guess not after the pinstripe bowl because when we were crunching some of the numbers I and mean, you know, looking at the pro fo- football focus stuff, he only had five snaps in that game. So that was, you know, kind of a head scratcher. You know, he, he had been passed up by by Ferguson at, at that H back position and, and talking to a few guys, you know, his his new role or what they were asking him to do is play more of that inline tight end position. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, one, that, that wasn't something that, you know, he came to Wisconsin for. He he came to Wisconsin to be the H-back and um, you know, getting passed up by a guy like Ferguson, who, you know, hey, what, deservedly so. I mean, Ferguson is a big-time talent. And you saw uh, – I think he's just scratching the surface with what you saw this past mm-hmm. season. And, um, you know, you're asking him to, you know, even though it's, you know, technically at the, the tight end position, those those jobs are very different. So to to go then and say, hey, look, we need you to block now primarily, um, you know, I think I was told he not necessarily had a difficult time picking up the playbook, but, you know, a lot was thrown at him midseason. So that transition wasn't uh, wasn't something that he he was, and I want to choose my words correctly here. I, I think it was just a, a difficult time for him, especially being later in your career. So, you know, if you look at, you know, how things kind of ended in the pinstripe bowl, I think the writing was kind of on the wall there after looking at, you know, the, the snap count and, you know, Luke Benchel had an excellent game in, in, in the pinstripe bowl against Miami. And, um, you know, he looks to be, you know, your inline guy with, with Ferguson as your H back. So I think Penniston, you know, putting his name out there is at least looking at options to see a potential place where he could, you know, go finish his career. Um, and, you know, and be in a position where he wants to be is that kind of receiving tight end, the H back where, I think he kind of envisioned himself being at Wisconsin and, you know, coming in as a four-star kid, he was another kid who enrolled early, um, committed to Wisconsin very early too, over an offer from Florida state and a couple other schools. So um, definitely not the career that you envision Kyle Penniston to have, you know, around this time, maybe what, three or four years ago, but um, you know, that kind of stuff happens. You know, we've seen that with a lot of high profile guys, uh, Arrington Farrar comes to mind, a kid that we wrote about today as, you know, he was a big four-star addition uh, this time in the 2015 class, I can't remember. Uh, but, you know, he came in and didn't do a whole lot. So, I mean, that, that kind of stuff happens. Uh, star rankings are not, uh, you know, God's God's word. You know, they, they don't necessarily have to stick to that. So, um, you know, guys fizzle out and guys overperform, and that's just, that's just the way recruiting works. John, if I could just get you to go back to uh, just one quick look back at, at one of our previous topics, um, the 2020 class looking ahead, do you think that there are, um, you know, Logan Brown and Graham Mertz in particular are two of the higher profile recruits that Wisconsin has gotten uh, ever, much less recently. Do you think that that carries any kind of weight or any type of momentum uh, moving forward where, where 2020 kids maybe see Wisconsin as a, a bit of a different destination? Uh, someone like Graham Mertz, who was, um, you know, courted by every major just about every major school in the country do you think that's something that would that would uh, kind of change the perception of UW to, to recruits or do you think that's a, 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 rec- a more of a uh, flash in the pan no you know because I've talked to 2020 guys and they've mentioned Graham Mertz um, you know those those 2020 guys and those 2021 guys they they watch the Army All-American Bowl they watch the Under Armour All-American Bowl so um, you know when when I mean that's all good publicity for Wisconsin uh, on the recruiting front because guys watch that and they pay attention to that, and especially the you know position like quarterback where you know if you're a twenty ten or twenty receiver and you look at it, say hey I'd I'd love for this guy to be throwing me passes a year or two down the road at Wisconsin so 
Um, all that stuff benefits, especially a quarterback. And, um, you know, I don't think anything bad can really come out of it. You know, with a guy like Logan Brown, I think, you know, there's there's that national reputation uh, that Wisconsin, you know, traditionally has, you know, some of the best offensive linemen in the nation, in the country, and they develop that position very well. I think, you know, offensive line and running back are two positions where Wisconsin can really go toe-to-toe with just about anyone in the country. But um, that that couldn't be said for quarterback, and uh, Wisconsin bucked that trend in, the, in this 2019 class of Graham Mertz. And, um, you know, guys pay attention to that, and guys know – that, you know, that Graham Mertz is going to be the quarterback there. And that that's someone that, you know, they could potentially see themselves playing with. So I think it's, it's, it's really all around a good situation for Wisconsin to have Graham Mertz, uh, you know, not only be recruited as heavily as he did, but to perform on the national stage. And and again, it's an all-star game. You can take from it what you want to, but that's all really good publicity for Wisconsin on the recruiting front. Don, man, as always, you're this plethora of knowledge and we appreciate going past, present, and future here. And like you just described with the, the 2020 class, you know, Trey Wedig already, uh, you know, four-star, 5.9 rating on that, and 82nd player overall, according to Rivals. Uh, and he leads that class of 2020. So you've gone into the future for, with us. You've gone back in the past and looking at the present, man. I uh, appreciate you as always, my good friend. My pleasure. Thank you guys for having me. Guys, that's John McNamara, BadgerBliss.com, the Rivals Network. Make sure you guys follow him on Twitter at, at McNamara Rivals. Uh, Owen, let's wrap this up, man. Uh, if you're good with that, I got to go cover a basketball game from my couch, uh, hopefully in some nice, comfortable sweats. Uh, but I was going to say, anything else you have, man? No, I think we covered a lot of those. Um, appreciate you, John, coming on with us. No problem. Thank you. Oh, no, thank you, John. And for all you guys, uh, make sure you guys check out the SB Nation Team Brands Network. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere that you find podcasts, you're going to find Bucky's Fifth Quarter now as we're part of the SB Nation Team Brands Network. So on behalf of John McNamara, Owen Reese, this is Jay Kokorowski signing off. You guys have a good rest of the week. We'll come back next week with another episode or two of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. Five-star reviews only. <laughs> <laughs>